T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. All righty, he's Jody McDonald. I'm Glenn Mack now on a Sunday in the Delaware Valley. Rainy Sunday here. By the way, it is time for this week in Philadelphia Sports History, brought to you by Shy Vintage Sports, where there is a story in every stitch. Check out their throwback apparel at their Center City location or at shybsports.com. All right, let me set the scene for you, Jody, and then we'll bring on our special guest, Phillies, Pirates at the Vet, 1989. It was this way. It was... I think the anniversary was this past Wednesday, uh, but it was it was this week at the vet. That would be how many years ago now? Oof, 33, Thirty-three years. Three, wow. yeah, yeah. Things are moving fast. Anyway, the game does not get off to a good start. The Pirates scored ten runs in the first inning. Barry Bonds has a three-run homer. Every single hit falls, and it's a disaster. And at the end of the first inning, Jim Rooker, who is the Pirates radio color man, on air, turns to his partner and says this. But Pirates broadcaster Jim Rooker felt otherwise and led off the bottom of the first with a bold proclamation. Well, a leadoff double for Randy Reddy. Well, I'll tell you something right now. If we lose this game, I'll walk back to Pittsburgh. You'll have to. I won't have to, but I will. <laughs> All right, so I, I left all that extraneous stuff in there at the beginning. I think it was must that must have been this week in baseball, right? Uh, anyway, so you heard that and you heard what he said, and then Jody Von Hayes gets two back with a home run, but Nick Leva, who's Philly's manager at the time, decides to pull some of his regulars. Tommy Herr comes out. In the first inning, he's pulling guys. Steve Jeltz comes in at second base. And he is on base when Hayes hits that home run. And then, in his next at-bat, this is what happens. Jelts with a drive to right center. Ball is gone. Jelts with a two-run home. The Pirate lead is now 10-6. Steve Jelts gets only his third career home run. And he joins us now, Steve Jelts. How are, Steve, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm blessed. How are you? Uh, we're great, and it is so nice to catch up with you. Talk to you earlier in the week about this and this game. We're gonna t- we're gonna go through the rest of the game, but I kind of want to start with the basic setup, which is the Phillies are down ten to nothing. The game had just begun. You guys hadn't even gotten a bat yet. You're actually not even in the game yet. Um, when when Leva, Nick Leva, who's the manager, turns to you and says, "Yeah, go on in." How did you feel about that? Well, you know, I, it's Major League Baseball. 
and and I made it a point in my life to be thankful for where I was at, and I'll play. It doesn't matter what the score is, and especially in a 10-run deficit in the first inning, we have nine innings to catch up. So, you know, I, and I'm hitting the number two hole, not number eight hole. So I'm <laughs> loving it. I'm sure I'm like, I get this tonight. <laughs> so, yeah, that's I, I was looking forward to it. I had fun. Yeah, batting batting second was not was that your usual place in the lineup. I'm sorry, Joe. Yeah, yeah that's where I was going to go. You uh, so what? You got a half an inning late start. It's basically a full game left there on the table. What was it like in the dugout? A couple of guys, as Glenn pointed out, were pulled down ten nothing. But you got eight and a half innings left to go. Uh, dugout uh, forlorn. Dugout uh, guys pumped up because they're going to get a chance to play where they don't usually get a chance to play. What was it like in the dugout in the bottom of the first inning? Well, actually, I was I had been up upstairs at, at at about five runs on the Pirates, and we switched pitchers, and it was it was long. I went upstairs for a minute. Uh, into the clubhouse, and I'm watching on TV because it was it was dreadful in the dugout at that point. When the guys came in, I came down, and you know I'm being cheerful, and I'm like, "Come on, guys, let's go!" I said, "We got ten, we got nine innings to catch them. We got ten runs to catch up. Let's get a couple here, a couple there." And I'm pumped up. I guess Nick saw that and said, "If you're that pumped up, you can go in the game." So you know, I, I was more than happy to do that for sure. But at any rate, I got that from Mike Schmidt for sure. He told me one day he was nervous about a game and. And I looked at him, I said, why are you so nervous, Smitty? And he turned and looked at me and said, this is the big leagues, right? And I, so that was early in my career. So I had that same attitude. I remember that. So, I, you know, as always, yes, it is the big leagues. Let's go play the game and have some fun. All right. So um, you hit the, the home run first time up. Was that, I should have looked, was that left-handed or right-handed? It was left-handed. My first at bat, I got a walk. Um, and Bob Walk was pitching. And the Phillies teach uh, pitchers. And he used to be with the Phillies. Yep. He, they teach pitchers when you get an zero and two count, you keep guys from hanging out over the plate. So you, this next that zero and two pitch is usually pushing you off the plate. Um, back in those days, under your chin, probably. Um, but he didn't do that my first at bat, and I think I fouled off a bunch of pitches, five or six pitches, and I ended up getting a walk. And then Vaughn went deep, and so the next time I come up, I'm thinking I'm not getting zero and two again. And Walkie was still pitching, and I he got me zero and two again. So I know of this next pitch pushing me off the plate because I was hanging out on the plate the first at bat. And I kind of was thinking inside he's going to throw this and push me off the plate, but I got to protect the outside, and he hung a curveball right down the middle. And I was like, oh, my, boom. And I didn't know. Of course, I'm just trying to make contact, and it was gone. So that's how that worked out. All right. So then your third time you come up, Philly's still down, two men on base, and let's play it, Moshe. A drive to left field. Bonds is back to the warning track for the wall. It's gone. I don't even. I don't believe it. It's now 11 to nine. And these fans who came into the ballpark tonight were stunned by a pin-run first inning by the Pirates. Now on their feet, cheering their Phillies who have made a tremendous comeback to make it an 11 to nine ball game, and they want a curtain call for Steve Jelts. They won a curtain call for Steve Jeltz. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, that, that was uh, from the right side of the plate. They had brought in, I think, um, they brought in a left-handed pitcher because I had been successful twice on the on the uh, left-hand side of the plate, so they wanted to push me to the right-hand side of the plate. And, and he went 2-0 and to me. So I picked the spot, 
And that's what you do two and oh three and one. Pick a spot if the pitch is there. Don't if the pitch is not there, don't swing. But if it's there, let it rip. And that's what happened. He threw it right in my spot. So fortunately, it went out. All right, Steve. I want to test your memory a little bit because we just heard the clip, and the announcer certainly referenced it that the crowd was into it. I would think down ten nothing in the first inning, the crowd would either be leaving and or relaxing. Yeah, we didn't have cell phones back there. You go go and uh, hop on your phone and spend the next two hours uh, re- referencing stuff and or making calls and or s- sending texts or tweets. But it sounded like the crowd was pumped up when you guys got to within two runs at that point. How good a crowd was it that day at the vet? Oh, the Philly fans. I mean, I, my whole career and even after I finished playing in Philadelphia, people used to ask me, how do you play in Philly? How tough is that? And I think when I first came to Philadelphia, Gary Maddox and Matthew told me, they said, first thing we're going to tell you, rookie, don't read the paper. Is that because one day you'll get built up, the next day you'll get crashed. He said, just don't let that be a part of your game. Go out there and play your game without thinking about it. So I'll say this about the Philly fans. They're the best fans I've played everywhere, and they're the best fans I've ever seen. And and in that in that game in the second inning, after Vaughn hit hit the home run, or you know we, he hit his first home run, the fans were in the game. Then they saw it coming, I think, but they knew we didn't give up and we were playing hard. So as long as you play hard in Philadelphia, yeah, yeah, you're going to get your booze. But at the end of the day, they know the game, and uh, like I said, Philly fans are the best I've ever seen. I love it. I, you know, I, people said, how do you do it? I said, I didn't have a problem. I mean, you know, I heard some things, and people yelled at me, but it's all good. I do the best I can and give you everything I got 100% the whole time I'm playing, and whatever happens after that happens. And I think the fans recognize that, and they stick behind that, win or lose. All right, Steve Jeltz. You played eight years in the Major League, seven seasons with the Phillies. Um you hit five home runs in your career. You were there for your glove. You were not there for your power. But you hit two home runs in one game. Explain it. Well, I'll say this. Uh, my, my, the first game I played with starter was behind Lefty. He saw me working out, and he said, get your rest tonight, rookie. You're, you're starting behind me tomorrow. So my infield's Pete Rose, Joe Morgan, and Mike Smith. Wow. Okay, so... So I come up, and I know nothing about the National League. I grew up in the Midwest, and I grew up in Kansas. And, I, you know, in the minor leagues, pitchers don't hit. So, you know, they put me in the number eight hole, pitcher behind me. I get, I had two outs, nobody on, and I hit a line drive right at the second base. But I'm kind of feeling good about myself. And Pete and Joe brought my glove out, and they jumped on me, and they said, rookie, you need to learn with. We want you to hit. We put you somewhere else. We want you to learn how to be a number eight hitter. Now we start the next inning with two outs. He said, "You need to learn how to do it." So you get you get something attached to you that you aren't a good offensive ball player. But at the end of the day, you have a job to do. And I think it's a lost art to some degree at this point in time that we're forgetting that when there's a man on second base with nobody out, lead off double, we need to try and move the runner over and get runs. And and that's what I learned to do, and I learned to do it pretty well. That's why I lasted so long. But when you, it's a double-edged sword. When you get, when you become a number eight hitter, that's good, and you're good doing your job, then it's hard to get out of that number eight hole. That night I was hitting number two, and they didn't have to pitch around me. They didn't want, they wanted to pitch to me because obviously I'm hitting two thirty-five or something. I don't know. But at the end of the day, they got three, four, five coming up next, and they're not just trying to put me on. So I got pitches. That's that's the reason. Steve, in addition to being one of just a uh, finite number of players that have hit home runs from both sides of the plate in one game, you are also the Major League Baseball all-time leader in several categories. 
that have to do with French-born players. You were born in France, and there just haven't been that many Major League Baseball players who were born in France. Do you still pay attention to who's coming over from France to play in the Major Leagues and potentially take your uh, lead in the statistical categories as the greatest all-time French-born baseball player? <laughs> you know, I, I've never been a stats guy. You know, I, I'm, I'm about how to win ball games, and if you have to sacrifice yourself, you do it. I think my dad was in the military, um, so he was a World War II draftee, 47 years. He served in the Army and the Army Reserves, uh, Korea twice, and Vietnam. So, you know, that's why I was born in France. Steve, um, you are uh, one of many players who uh, played in the vet during that time, who ended up um, developing cancer. You had you had brain surgery, right? I did indeed. Mine, unfortunately, was a, it was a brain tumor, and it was non-cancerous. You know, I know, you know, my my very good friend, dear friend, Darren Dalton. Um, he passed away recently. Tug McGraw, um, John Bukovich, and you know, and then I guess there were several Eagles um, who had cancer, and unfortunately, that, that they didn't make it from that, but. Um, mine, I had brain surgery in 2003, and I've been blessed ever since. I've been doing well. Well, that's good to hear. Steve, um, let me ask you a question about the vet as well. Um, potential injurious uh, situations after your career aside, what was it like to play on that turf? Because we've heard so many stories from so many people on both the baseball and the football side. Did were you okay with it? Did you actually think oh, I'm going to get a true hop? I don't have to worry about a bad bounce, but it just wasn't con- conducive to the kind of pounding that your legs had to take. What do you think about playing at the vet? Well, you know, I think it's what we do um, in teaching kids now. We're trying to. We started a group called uh, Primal Sports and um, teaming up with uh, Above and Beyond Sports Group, uh, Lou Lasowski. Um, we have we have we're, we're teaching kids one thing, and, and and the work ethic is what that's all about. I remember Mike Smith coming over to me one day when I was before I had start, really started the game. I hadn't started the game, and he came to me while I was taking ground balls, and he said he looked at me and he said he said you ever miss a ball? And I thought to myself that everybody talked about this team that ran from the third base dugout across shortstop and out in the right center or something, and and I, I just looked at him and I thought to myself. Well, yeah, I miss balls. And he says, well, I've been watching you. You haven't missed the ball, and you've been taking them off the bat. You've been taking ground balls. He said, "He said, I just wondered. He said, because you make it look so easy. And I thought to myself, well, we're playing on carpet. Now, as far as the pounding on the legs, I used to take 150 ground balls before I started starting, and then I kept doing that afterwards. And Smitty came up to me and said, man, you need to take it easy. We've got a 162-game schedule. But I think – me being a, a, a football and a multi-sport athlete, and I played football. I trained like a football player. So my body had to – I just did all I could do every day, and it didn't bother me. Um, I, to this day, I turned 63 May 28th, and, and, and to this day, I can still do anything I could do back then. I mean, not, not quite as long and probably feel a little worse when I finish sometimes. But, you know, I've been blessed. Everything has been fine. And, and that turf – it's, it's AstroTurf. I don't care. I mean, people say they take a pounding. I think at shortstop, you're probably taking a pounding more than anybody. And, uh, you know, I mean, it is hard on you. I mean, AstroTurf is hard on you, but if you get your body ready for it, then I think you'll be fine. Steve, let's close on this. The game was remembered for two things, as we said. You hit those home runs from the left side and the right side, but 
Jim Rooker vowed early in the game with the Pirates up 10-0, we lose this game, I walk home. He later did. He waited till the end of the season. He made it a charity event, did in October, walked 312 miles over 12 days, raised $100,000 for the Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh. Were you aware of his boast and how that followed up? Not at the time. You know, I, I didn't have any idea, and then, then I saw when that happened, and I heard about it, and I, I understood that they, they make quite a bit of money for something, but that's how, how God works. He makes turn something something in the air. If be positive or negative, he turns it into something good. So, I mean, fortunately, that came out to be a good thing, and it helps out a lot of people. Um, real quick, I'd like to say that what we're trying to do here um, is, uh, with Above and Beyond Sports Group and, and um, uh, Primal Sports, is to take care of kids and, and teach them, empower them um, through through sports, um, trying to get them to – this world's a tough place to live in now. And so we're trying to make these kids something that, that – um, uh, they might not get it home because it all starts at home. So, you know, whatever we can do to try and teach them about Christ, teach them how to be good young men, that's what we try to do. So, um, fortunately, Raymore and Flanagan um, down in Reading and Lou met with them, and, and they lit up about our ideas. So maybe we can uh, get together with a lot of people and get something done for these kids because this isn't about money. It's about the youth and trying to get them in the right direction. All right, let's close in. If people want to reach out to you, is there a website or a way they can do it? Absolutely. Um, they can go to Primal Sports or Above and Beyond Sports Group. Um, and like I said, uh, Schaefer Trucking, uh, we've met with them. Uh, Tim Jacoby has the same Christian belief. Rob Holiday with the Phillies. Uh, Debbie Nacillo, Phillies alumni. Um, I want to thank you guys for reaching out to me, uh, along with John Brazier, who came who got us in contact. Um, all these people, I mean, they're coming together right now, and I've been, been trying to do, you know, I try to do things on my own, but I always tell people it's above my pay grade on this business side of it. I do baseball, and, and fortunately I had the opportunity to play with all Hall of Famers, and, and uh, they taught me the game, and I was a teacher um, learning. So, you know, I've been able to reach out and get to them. So that's what that's We appreciate about. it and uh, love talking to you. And, and I know a lot, of, a lot of our listeners got excited when they heard you were coming on. So yeah. it's nice to catch I up. Can, I, I get excited when I get to know Philadelphia's listening because I love Philadelphia. There you go. Take Thanks, take care, Steve. Steve. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. All right, there you go. So, Joey, the the lineup, the first day he played, first base, Pete Rose, second base, Joe Morgan, third base, Mike Schmidt, on the mound, Steve Carlton. Yeah, it's not a bad uh, group of teammates. You'll be okay with that. You imagine you're looking around. I mean, I know Rose is in the Hall of Fame, but he's a Hall of Famer. You imagine looking at all sides of you, and it's like, and not even just Hall of Famers, like all-time greats. A phrase that I've used, I've heard used, and then I decided to adopt it for myself. Which doesn't belong and why? <laughs> yes, Steve Jeltsin, the list of names that you just ran down. Anyway, that that was a, that was a lot of fun, and that is our This Week in Philadelphia Sports History, brought to you by Shive Vintage Sports, where there's a story in every stitch. Check out their throwback apparel at their Center City location or shivesports.com. As we said, the, the key today is call with something pertinent to the conversation, something interesting. Don't just call it with a contest. And give us a player you really liked. Who wasn't very good. By the way, Andre Waters was a really good player. That, that's yeah, not he, even he close. Was first team all pro. Uh, yeah. That kind of disqualifies you from today's conversation. Yeah. And if you give us that and you give us a good story, you could win that $50 gift card to Shipe Sports. Let's get Rob in here before the break. Hey, Rob, how are you? 
I'm fine. Jody knows me from as Sam. I met him and his daughter back. Remember back in the day where the Tony Luke's yes, getting your daughter to work, and I sent you the card. You had those heart surgeries. The St. Joseph's card. <laughs> yes, always uh, love hearing from you, Sam. Yeah, good man, and and I agree with uh, with uh, Glenn about the hockey thing. By the way, even though baseball thing about the snow and the hockey. That's right. It's a good point. You, you, uh, you, you snobs together. God bless. Yes, you. not snobs. I, not snobs. It's regional. Yeah, Hockey's okay. meant to be played where it's cold. The guy that the Phillies. That I'm I'm in my seventies. I've been following the Phillies since like 1954, 55, and stuff. Back in 1958, there was a, an outfielder. He had one year. He was sophomore of the year. Harry the Horse Anderson. If you look it up, he had a, like a mediocre freshman year. They had a 24 home runs his second year, 99 RBIs, and we didn't hear from him ever, ever since. He just wanted the nothingness. But I was not him. Sparky Anderson, right? Uh, no, Harry the Horse. He was a right fielder, right. a power hitter, right. big left-handed power hitter, about six three. Got it. You know, and uh, if you look him up, you know Harry Anderson. Can okay. I tell you an interesting anecdote with Richie Ashburn, if I may, please? Sure. Richie. I saw right before he passed, I, I saw Richie Ashford, and I, and I told him that I was listening to a Phillies game down the shore, Memorial Day of 54, when I was a kid, when Duke Snyder made an incredible catch with two outs in the ninth inning off of Willie Jones, who would have won the game for the Phillies. And the Phillies dugout came running out of the field, saying he dropped the ball. And Richie remembered that. Richie says, was my name's real name, Richie says, Richie, to this day, I swear Duke could trap that ball as well, you know? But I remember that from 1954, when it, I guess the old hated Brooklyn Dodgers, you know, that's something that stuck in my mind. Now, anyway, back to back to this team. I think that they're, I think that they were they were underachieving, uh, Glenn and uh, yep. and uh, you know, uh, Jody. I, I think and I think that they're. Pl- I think things even out in baseball. I don't know if you guys agree with me or not. It's like an equation in a way. Yeah, they do. Know? And and thanks for the call. And um, they were not that bad. They're not as good. I said before the season, eighty-seven wins. I thought, geez, I was dead in the water. You and I talked before, or at the start of the show, Judy, I said, what do you think? I think you said 86. Yep, 86, so, 87 could get right. in. So we're right back there. And I think Sam's point was good. 162 games, certainly the largest season of any professional sports. Things even out. Uh, over the course of 162, chances are, unless you have massive injuries, you're going to be what you're supposed to be. And mm-hmm. right now the Phillies have gotten back to where they should be Above 500, one game above 500, but above 500, that's a talent level on this team. 215-592-9494. You know, I said earlier we were going to get to the uh, Eagles and Nick Sirianni um, deciding that he is not going to call the plays. Let's do that in the next segment. Jody McDonald, Glenn McNow on 94 WIP. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 